Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll have to work with them and see how it goes. I can't answer that until we've had them out there. Sort of a similar question about some of the guys that have been banged up. Obviously, it's a very different situation, but with with Mike and Cole specifically, is it fair to to presume or expect those guys to be able to contribute week one for you? Yeah, we'll see. Let's take it day by day. Our next question, Mike Reese, followed by Andrew Cronin. Morning, Bill. Mike. Do you um, anticipate Calvin Anderson coming off that NFI list before Tuesday? Uh, not sure. Um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, again, we'll continue to monitor his situation. And uh, when he's medically cleared, then we would have a decision to make. Until he's medically cleared, then he's not medically cleared. So we'll so see. Sort of, sort of on the same lines with, with Riley, does that <clears> – <throat> situation look like one where he'll at least be available to you at some point here or did that come across as more of like the, the long-term thing when we saw him leave the game the other night yeah i think that's another one we're kind of kind of have to wait and see on here um you know see how it progresses um you know over the next few days and a little better read on it then Uh, good morning, Bill. Uh, I know you were asked about Tyrone uh, on the show this morning. So about the Gary and Lowe, what made you want to work with him? Um, yeah, uh, you know, just a player we feel like could, you know, um, compete on the offensive line, give us some depth here, and we'll see how it goes. Um, young player, you know, has played, played a lot of tackle in his career um, at Illinois and and in Minnesota, um, may have some position flexibility. I, you know, I don't know. We'll have to work with them and, and see. Do you expect um, both players to be in the building today? Uh, I think one's here, and I'm not sure about the flight schedule on the other one. Thank you. Thanks, Mark Davis, Paul Lightning, Yeah, again, we'll have to see. Um, we'll work with them, and um, but I, I agree. I've seen exactly what you've seen. Um, both have primarily played on the left side, although Tyrone hasn't played a lot of tackle. Um, but they both also played on the right, and you know we'll see what else they could do. I don't, you know, I don't know. We'll see. And City played hardly any tackle at all in his career, and has played a lot of tackle, uh, exclusively played tackle since he's been here. So we'll just have to see how that how that plays out. Um, but they were available. Um, we're looking forward to working with both of them. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Excuse me. Morning, Bill. Morning. Um, all the trades with the offensive tackles and the linemen, I guess it speaks to the need for every team to have depth at those positions. I guess how important is depth 
along the offensive line, given, you know, it's really one of the keys to the offense throughout the entire season. Right. Well, depth's important uh, at every position in your roster, on your roster. Um, it just, you just don't know when you're going to need it. Um, sometimes you go through a year and you never need the depth. And then sometimes you, you need a lot of depth at certain positions. It's just, you know, it's insurance policy that you don't know whether you're going to need or not. Um, so one of the things about the offensive line is the amount of, you know, teamwork and, and uh, communication that goes with those five players. So, um, you know, putting a new one in is not the easiest thing to do. It's never easy, but it's not the easiest thing to do because of the, you know, the coordination that needs to take place between, you know, all five of those players. Um, we did that last year with Connor. Um, we were forced to, and, and he did a good job of it. It was probably about as good of a transition as, as I could have hoped for. Um, but that's not really the way that you want to go. You'd like to be able to have somebody that's familiar with your system. That's been doing it, whether they've been on the starting lineup or not. Um, at least they're familiar with everything that you're doing, the communication, the calls, the adjustments, things like that. Um, if possible. Uh, but that's again, true of every position. You can't insure all of them. Um, but you try to have as much depth as you can, uh, on your roster for those contingencies, um, not knowing, for sure where you're going to need that, you know? And so, um, you know, Tom Brady got hurt in 2008, first play, first game. And, you know, and it turns out you need depth at that position, you know, with Castle. And then that never happened again. Um, so it's just a little bit of that's unpredictable. Um, but you just have to be prepared for, and we felt like this is an opportunity for, you know, to work with two young players that would give us that, and we'll see how it goes. My next question, Andrew Callahan, followed by Matt Deese. So going back to Tyrone for a second, uh, I didn't mention on his minimal experience <laughs> there at Tackle, how much of your evaluation there for him is really just based on the preseason tape? I know he's been in for a workout, but uh, is that a case of just, you know, whatever the most recent data point is, that's going to weigh heavy, but especially with a guy with minimal experience as it is right well there are minimal uh, there are multiple um you know ways to evaluate and the and uh gain information about a player so um that varies from player to player and different sources and so forth but you know we we want to work with a player that's why we traded for him um you know after signing zeke we felt like we had a little more depth at the running back position and and had less depth on the offensive line. So that's why we made it. We'll see how it goes. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. The last two questions will be Mike Reese and Chris Price. Sort of following up on that, Bill, I was curious about Pierre Strong. And we were sort of talking about it just in another reporter yesterday, just wondering if how much would is the change of what you're doing offensively this year from what you did last year? Did that change how he fit for you? You know, like maybe his skill set was more suited. Yeah, to I don't think did. so. I don't think okay. it changed. Yeah. Okay. And sort of what, how would you sort of sum up 
that, you know, like obviously you drafted him in the fourth round last year. He's got a lot of things going for him. Um, what, what sort of happened? Was it the lack of special teams progress for him that sort of didn't help him break through or what, what happened there? Well, when, when you trade for another player, you have to give up something. So you have to give up something to get something. So we're not looking to get rid of anybody, but we had to give up something to get to get a player that we felt like we needed. So. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Last question for Good Morning, Bill. Uh, with the understanding that every player in every personnel situation is, is different, I was wondering if you could expand on the idea of why maybe you make a move on a guy or cut a guy yesterday as opposed to today or Tuesday, for example. Uh, you know, there's a number of reasons for that. Um, one of them being just volume, right? So we have to make 37 transactions. Um, and, you know, in some cases when uh, the decision is clear cut, um, I think it just helps the player get a little bit of a head start on his future. And, you know, players can't, if we don't have a spot for him here, um, you know, uh, I mean, because of the relationship that we have with those guys, they've worked hard. They've done what we asked them to do. They've, they've done their best. Um, maybe there's a spot for them somewhere else. And giving them the opportunity to get out there um, a little bit ahead of the pack and at least know, you know, and then they can start to, you know, put some feelers out or the raging can start to work on it. And I know that the transactions don't become official until later in the week. But, you know, when a player has been released, he has the opportunity to, you know, to start to look to see if there's a going to be a practice squad opportunity or something else, you know, um, you know, somewhere else in the league. And, you know, for the guys that have come in and done all we've asked them to do and worked hard, I hope they get another opportunity somewhere. I, I hope they, you know, I hope things work out for them somewhere else. Maybe they're in a better system fit or another team has less depth than we do and so forth. And, and some of those guys are going to end up on other teams. Um, so, it's partially to maintain the relationship with them and, and their representatives. It's um, things that are already in place uh, here uh, that I don't feel like are going to change. And it just accelerates the process for us because, again, we have a lot of things to do in a fairly short amount of time and things that you can you know, do ahead of time, if you will, before the deadline. Um, I'm sure things will get crunched at the end and, you know, I don't want to. <clears throat> not give those players, um, you know, at least the time and the courtesy of an explanation and, and a decision and, you know, uh, a closure to it, if you will. I think they, they deserve that um, based on what they've given me. And, and you know, when you try to do 37 guys in, in an hour, it's whatever. It's, it could just be, you know, feel pretty um, dismissive of what the player's effort and commitment has been. And I want to recognize that because some of these guys have, they've worked as hard as they could for the last however many months and in some cases years and done all they could. And unfortunately we all know that 90 has got to go to 53 and 37 players can't be on the 53 man roster. And we all knew that when we signed up for it. Um, and I've been on waivers myself a few times, so I know what that's like um, to, you know, be told you don't have a place here. Um, 
and some of us end up somewhere else. Um, so it's not, it's part of the process. So, um, whether it's the right or wrong thing to do, you know, I don't know, but I try to do the best I can. I try to, you know, be respectful for the players and what they're going through and what their future is if it's not here and, you know, try to communicate that to them in the, in the best way that I can. And, uh, we do it with multiple people in the organization. We talk to the, the their representatives and so forth. So it's you know, try to handle it as, as professionally as we can. Let's put it that way. Thanks for the question. Yep. Okay. Yep.